Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Hello, my fellow Americans. This is Keep It, and we're back. I'm Ira. I'm Kara. <laughs> I'm Lewis, and I'm disgusted. Whatever that was. <laughs> Discuss it with America? Sometimes. All right. We'll get into it. <laughs> Guys, I was in New York this weekend. Never heard of it. And I saw Mean Girls, and it was pretty fun. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it was actually funnier in some parts than the movie, because they had to change a lot of the jokes so that it wasn't the same punchline. And I really enjoyed it. How much of it is them holding cell phones now? Because that's the one thing that isn't updated about that movie, is nobody has cell phones Mm -hmm. yet. Everyone has, like, cell phones, and there's graphics on the back of the screen. Wouldn't cell phones, like, really play an important role in the plot of that movie? Like, have, like, smartphones being ubiquitous would... Totally. To me, totally yeah. change the, the narrative of Mean Girls. There wouldn't be, like, three-way calls anymore, et cetera. Right. Well, and then you wouldn't even have to do the whole... And, and they don't really even do that in the play, but the whole, like, showing Aaron Samuels that Regina's cheating on him, you just take a photo with your cell phone oh, right. and send it to her instead of setting up this whole, right. find them over the gym. Um, do you know what's an underrated part of that movie is Anna Gasteyer as the anthropologist mom who who's like... That was the vase from the Underbelly tribe, just like a perturbed white woman with her faces. <laughs> well, so the the mom and like Mrs. Norberry and like Regina's mom, like all those like adult roles are. I didn't realize they were all played by the same actress. Whoa! They're played by Carrie Butler, uh, who's great. The actors are really good. It's slightly better because they made Aaron Samuel's not an idiot in it. Oh yeah, is his uh, hair the same kind of swoopy? It's the same kind of swoopy. I find it interesting that Mean Girls is nominated for, I think, the most Tony nominations. Yeah, like seven dozen Tonys. Just because I love the fact that Mean Girls, the movie, would have never been nominated for an Oscar. But if you turn any sort of movie into a musical, there are four musicals that come out. So basically anything that's on Broadway gets a Tony nomination. It's like Xanadu, right? Yeah, that got all that attention. Yeah, what was Mean Girls nominated for? Like The MTV Movie Award for (laughs) Best Gay Friend. What else was happening in New York, Ira? Rihanna's Met Gala. Rihanna's Met. Rihanna's dressed. (laughs) Guys. Annual Sweet 16 party, basically. Every Uh, year I show up to the Met Gala and be like, "I I can't wait to see what Rihanna wears. I thought that was her worst Matt Gala Oh, look. shut <laughs> the fuck up, Lewis. First of all, she literally, she literally literally wore a Pope hat, which m- must have taken her seconds to come up with. Second of all, who wants to see that in oatmeal? She wore it in, in a suit-colored oatmeal garb. It's like, I want it in cyan from you, What right, colors Rihanna. do you think the Pope is usually wearing, boo? Oh, you think she you think You think the Pope is out here in, like, a fierce blue? When Rihanna's the Pope, I think he is. Oh, my God, please. Rihanna looked amazing. She routinely continues to look better than everyone else. She's the one who goes the most for 
the actual theme. Lewis has no idea what he's talking about. No, sorry. Have, let's just see I'm, who Lewis's favorite was because I think that will be very telling with I'm his sorry. criticism of Rihanna. I didn't hear anything Lewis was saying. I was already dialing John Early and other white gays to replace you with. Oh my Lewis. god! I like other white gays. <laughs> I'm sure that's a screenplay you've written. We who like that demographic. Favorite? Uh, honestly, did not Carly Simon up, show it, up? I, I, if, who? No, not to suck up. I really thought almost every black female attendee. No, that's not a question. That, nope, that's not it. So who, do be, who do you think was? Who do you think was your favorite? Nicki Minaj. You thought Nicki Minaj's was better than Rihanna's? Kara, I thought she she was she dressed as the devil himself, which is a way more Herself. novel idea. Oh my God, please. Rihanna being like, it's a Pope hat today for me. She was hosting, I, she was one of the hosts. I loved Rihanna's, but I will actually point out that I did enjoy Nikki's, if only because she was the only celebrity who took the Catholicism angle and went for paganism. Like, well, like Zendaya did her Joan of Arc. Oh, Zendaya thing. was She looked yeah. amazing. I loved Rihanna's outfit. She always slays, but Zendaya was my favorite look of the night. That chain link. That was great. The haircut. I gotta say, I fucking loved Cardi. Cardi came out here oh, yeah. just looking like Madonna and Child. Like <laughs> she, also the fact that that was her very first Met Gala and she came that hard. Shout out to her team because hair was on point, nails, makeup, the whole look. Her very first Met Gala, she did it. I always say the Met Gala is like celebrities re-auditioning to be celebrities. And so when people make their debut, I think Ariana Grande did this year too. It's just this feeling of like, do you do you belong in this fear? And Cardi B just, it, it felt like it could have been her seventh or something. Right. She looked at, like she knew exactly what she was doing and she went for it. And I remain so proud of myself that I have been a Cardi fan from the beginning. I've been a Cardi fan since the mixtapes. I was following I really her on that. Instagram when she was okay. just a stripper from the Bronx who posted really funny Instagram videos. <laughs> and I was living in New York at the time and I was like, this girl gets me. I love her. I'm so proud of her. Shout out, shout out to Cardi from, from the Bronx to the Met Gala. Also shout out to Chadwick Boseman because men like to show up at the Met Gala completely off theme, I just was... wearing a tux. And he looked gorgeous in those white mm -hmm. papal robes. To be honest, I'm... I was disappointed to find that we still invite men to the Met Gala. I mean, Shawn Mendes showed up and he wore burgundy. That was what he brought to the Met Gala. Troy Sivan looked kind of cute in his red suit and like a mesh shirt. Nick Jonas looked like a whole snack as Friar Tuck. At the same time, though, I don't care about the men. Like, I don't need no. anything from them. Like, they can come. They're not the main attraction. Just come and escort whatever, like, bad bitch who agreed to go with you. I don't need anything from them. Because no matter what, they're not going to live up most likely to whatever the women are serving. So just, like, just stand in the background. It's fine. Just don't even come, I'm just saying. If it's just going to be you're wearing an embroidered cuff, that's what I have to look at now, I'm depressed. Or they can just, you know what, they can come, just file to the back. You know, don't do the carpet, guys. We, if you're just in a tux, keep it moving, get to the back, let whoever put some effort in actually walk the carpet, go hit happy hour or cocktail hour, and... Upload your Instagram and say, suit right. by Armani. Right, Thanks. exactly. <laughs> it is funny, like, what do they do once they arrive? Do they go around the corner and just immediately check their phone to see how much impact they had? I mean, I always wondered what exactly people do inside the Met Gala, and I know that they're viewing the exhibits. This year, the exhibit was Heavenly Bodies, Fashion and Catholic Imagination, and 
we saw glimpses of it in people's videos. Oh, that them. Rihanna video? Yes. Uh, where she's just strutting down the halls of the Met. Ugh. They released like just an official video of her strutting around dancing to Personal Jesus by Depeche <laughs> Mode. Frances McDormand had a video too. She was looking wild she was and beautiful. Wild. Her outfit was free bluebirds outside a big museum. <laughs> uh, what I loved about Frances too is there was a Instagram from John Boyega at the Met Gala with just all the black people hanging out and Frances McDormand is just like leaning against Lena Waithe while Diddy's screaming over her looking just probably high as fuck. Oh my god, who do you think I wonder if Diddy is gonna crop someone else out of his Met Instagram this year because last year my favorite picture was when he cropped out the Jenners. He cropped out Kylie and Kendall out of what was an amazing photo minus them obviously because first of all, the kardashians are never on theme they're never on theme they're never well by the way let me just say no one actually expects people to be on theme it's i mean I, I, well no they a... don't not expect it it's not required yeah but i think people do expect people to come on theme like a quarter point. a quarter of the people there should do something pertaining to the and theme. if you're not going to be on theme at least look gorgeous like tracy ellis ross exactly. did yeah in her um pink outfit. She was like, fuck it. And she looked totally... Gabrielle Union looked lovely yeah. in her yellow dress. But it's like Kendall showing up in like a white pantsuit yeah, no looking like Jacqueline Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with looking like Jacqueline Smith. <laughs> we, we're not going to get into a Jacqueline bashing sesh today. Uh, what, I love Kmart myself. What I will say is there were some people who forgot that Time's Up Oh, on the carpet because Scarlett Johansson wore Marquesa. She did. She, she did. also had sort mm-hmm. of like a deep brunette cut in a sort of Christopher Robin even, from Winnie the Pooh way. I didn't even see her. Yeah, she was with Colin Jost, which means that you forgot her immediately. <laughs> 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 I mean, when you've already pretended to be Asian, what's wearing the clothing line of Harvey Weinstein's <laughs> ex-wife on the carpet? <laughs> I forgot all about that movie. Is it called Ghost something? It was the Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. I couldn't remember it. Yeah. Aloha, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the only real scandal. Also, Lena Wave showed up in a pride flag, which... Doing it I, gay. I enjoyed, you know, the protest against the Catholic Church. I was upset that the flag was upside down. Interesting. You're right. I mean, I guess it's more of a provocative look to put the colors in that order, but you're right. Do you think she was secretly disgracing well, it, the queer community? No, it just seemed like the, it was the new flag with that brown in it, like the one that they had added in Philly after that racial incident at mm-hmm. a local bar, but the flag was just upside down. How did you feel about Madonna doing it up Catholic? I mean, the, the theme this year was Madonna. Was she there? Revel in your childhood. Yeah, she showed I didn't up. even see her either. And then she performed. She at performed. The Met Gala. Uh, mm-hmm. She performed like a prayer, obviously, and then a hallelujah, and debuted a new song, which sounds pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if I were Madonna, I would not bother dressing up. I'd be like, I've done this for you people already. Like, I've, I've done enough. I've, I've, she's done enough Catholic imagery exactly, for the people. Exactly, exactly. A lawn of burning crosses. <laughs> what else now? One fun tidbit is I did like that at the after party. Uh, I love their after party looks, by the way, when mm-hmm. they slip into something else. Madonna's best look wasn't actually her red carpet, which I didn't enjoy that much because it just seemed overdone Catholic. I like that she wore her... 1995 Brit Awards Versace dress at the after party I and then took a photo with Donatella. For her. Oh, yeah. And also Donatella's there. Such a good era for her, yes. Yeah. I think that's a wrap on the Met Gala. Rihanna's always a winner. Always. I think she looked oh, good, but even. it's her worst look at the Met Gala. Please, Lewis. Next week, guys, 
tweeted us who you'd like to replace Lewis. <laughs> Alan Cumming will be sitting here. Yeah. We will take any and every suggestion, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, tweeted us your favorite white person, and Lewis will not be here next week. <laughs> when we're back, Donald Glover is in the studio. I'm kidding. He's not. But you'll get us talking about This Is America. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis. Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire... Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Wayfair's biggest sale of the year is here. It's Wayday. Right now, you can score up to 80% off at Wayfair. 
Save on sofas and cookware, dining sets and rugs and beds. Wall art, bar cards, floor lamps, sailing fans, home decor, all things outdoor and way more. All up to 80% off right now. Plus, everything ships free. And flash deals are launching all way day long. Don't miss Wayfair's biggest sale of the year. Shop Wayday right now from May 6th at Wayfair.com. Wayfair, every style, every home. Saturday night, following his SNL performance, Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, released a music video titled, This is America. This is America. Don't catch you slipping, no. Don't catch you slipping, no. It's been polarizing. It's earned some praise. It's earned some critiques. It's pretty violent. And he's been labeled a genius by some people as well. And Kara is already seething. <laughs> no, you know, I'll, I'll get into the genius thing in a bit, but I wish I had heard this song first before I saw the video because it's now really hard for me to divorce the song from the video. And I actually like the song a lot just as a piece of music. And the song's one of his best yeah, songs. Yeah, it's a really good song. And this was something that I really wanted to sit with because there's a lot going on in this video. and. I definitely didn't like it, but I thought it was interesting. And I think for me, I'm not going to ask it to do a lot. I'm not going to say, hey, this needs to be Donald Glover stepping into Kanye's role. I'm not trying to say, hey, this is the most brilliant work of 2018 or some insane message that we all need to get behind. Like, I can appreciate that he tried to do something provocative. I think for me, the message was kind of confusing. And I think there's something if you're going to be making social commentary it can be difficult and, and layered and all of that and nuanced, but people have to be able to understand what you're saying. And the fact is, I've seen so many smart people who just don't even really seem to be on the same page with this, who don't really seem to be able to get a grasp on what he's exactly trying to say. And I think it's hard to say that this is a brilliant piece of social commentary when we're not really clear on what he's talking about. And so for me, it's mostly something that is really provocative. And I think there's certainly a place for that in pop culture. But I would question whether just because something's provocative, whether that means it's brilliant. Exactly. I think that for me, Doreen St. Felix described it best in her piece when she said that it's basically like a Rosetta Stone, everyone trying <laughs> to figure it out. Uh, because I wrote about it for the Daily Beast as well, and my take was wildly different from hers. And I think everyone is just trying to parse different parts of it because there's so much going on. There's gun violence, there's the alleged Jim Crow imagery, there's the police, police violence, violence. And... there's him running away from white men at the end. And then there's even just the song too, because the video seems like he's indicting like younger rappers like a Lil Uzi's or like Ray Shrimmon or those kinds of people. But then when you listen to the song, he has Quavo and like Young Thug and like those people on the track singing in the lower sort of reverb in the refrain. So it doesn't even seem to be that either. There's a lot going on and I, I'm always been sort of a proponent of artists not having to explain their work because I think that the art should stand for itself. But when you give something like this that's so loaded and so out of left field, maybe you should explain it a little. Yeah. This is also a first single, so maybe there's explanation coming. In a larger body of work, you know? yeah. Um, to be honest, what 
surprised me about this video is that we haven't seen one like it yet. Like you'd think we would have the gigantically high profile video of, that is mainly features gun violence, which I don't feel like we've had yet. Also, I will say, I am actually just a fan of any music video making any waves at all. I mean, I don't know. I'm 31 years old. There's something about the art of music video where we've spent years being like, it's dying, whatever. The fact that any, it's just a small digestible piece of media that like, even though everybody has a different interpretation, everybody also, it's hard to get wrong what it's about, you know? But see, I don't think it's digestible. I think, I think especially for me, one of the things that was very irritating too is people were making a lot of snap judgments and getting things wrong. So people were saying that the black bearded man in the beginning was Trayvon Martin's father, which I honestly think it is sick that people even thought that was him that you think Can that you he would waking up and hear, seeing your name like that in, he would participate in that internet? type of imagery considering what happened to his son it's like you're no one is thinking critically because that was fucking crazy but for me the 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 part where he shoots the choir which seemed very clearly to me to be a reference to charleston and the fact that you had a black shooter when this is white violence that type of violence is white people and so i'm not sure what exactly you're trying to say by him being the one that's perpetuating that violence. And for that reason, it was not very easily digestible for me. I really did not like that part. I found it upsetting. And people are allowed to be upset and triggered by things, and people are allowed to not be upset and not triggered by things. That's fine. But I think we that part, I really think, was was not digestible, even just in terms of oh, what is he trying no, to it's say. No, so nihilistic. And I, I just really found that part, the part that so much of this violence that was perpetuated by white people was then turned around and he was the one committing it it seemed almost like if not indicting himself it was almost like he was indicting the audience or black cultures like propensity and involvement in these sort of things because, or not paying attention or not paying attention yeah because it's just like it i compared it to the film funny games or like in i Tanya, where i feel like those kinds yeah, of artwork the where they invite you into something salacious and provocative and obviously it's a film so you're supposed to enjoy it but then at the end it's like why did you enjoy that you're part of the problem i meant to say that just the format of a music video because it's like three minutes long is digestible not mm -hmm. that it wasn't a disturbing Got video it. which it is and some people try to be like we see violence like this on atlanta all the time you know like atlanta is a 30 minute narrative television show you know this is a music video it's four minutes you're listening to a song there's a difference in putting a massive amount of violence into that small a product as opposed to a narrative where you can see it unfolding which again i think is a conversation about you know the idea that had this been a part of a larger body of work it might be easier to understand and so that's one of the things to get to the genius thing for me that was one of the first things i started seeing with this video this is genius this is brilliant and all of that i think that word is so overused i think that it also really stifles conversations because as soon as you say something is genius, you can't argue with someone because if you believe that this is genius, that this is one of the best things ever made, then how can we possibly have a conversation that's critical about that piece of work? Jason Green at Pitchfork wrote a really amazing article about this idea of genius. He was talking about it in the context of Kanye West, but I think it's really applicable here. And Honestly, guys, we're at the point where you guys are calling a lot of basic ass shit genius. And I think genius is also something that you need to sit with a little bit. Like something that's truly genius, I think reverberates through culture and you can see the way it has shifted culture. And I think it's impossible to see that in something that has been out for less than a week. And I would also invite us all to consider the fact, how often are we describing work made by women 
that's genius? Never. I almost mm-hmm. never. It's always dudes. It's usually men men who behave badly. And we use it as a way to say, oh, well, he's a genius. So, you know, who cares if he's abusive towards women or who cares if he's, you know, he berates people. It's like the Steve Jobs thing. Steve Jobs was a fucking asshole, but because he created great things, we were much more forgiving of his behavior. And I think that that's something that we all really need to think a little bit more critically about before we start calling every single thing we see genius. Let the MacArthur give him a grant first and call him a genius, and then maybe we can put it on that level. I noticed that people who use the word even just brilliant a lot, it's a way of sounding like you know what you're talking about and nobody will call you out mm-hmm. on it, too. That's so the it's, thing. It's, it's, the the safe, it's the safest online opinion to have, I yeah. think, Well, because there's also this way to protect black men in the media and the output to be like, this is genius, this is for the culture, you know, don't come at it and try and tear it apart right away. But what it ends up being is people just unwilling to engage with the material. And I hate it even more when it comes from white critics because that makes it feel like they're just like, I don't want to parse this art or piss anybody off or even think about it critically. Right. You know, because we saw that a lot with Kanye, where people just like, well, this is genius. And so you didn't really have to work through a lot of his other shit in more of a nuanced way. And And like now with this Donald Trump everything coming out, people are like looking back on Kanye's lyrics and being like, oh, maybe some of that was misogynist. Maybe yeah. he talked shitty about black women in a lot of these lyrics. And it's like, that was all there. You just wanted to call it genius because right. you like a beautiful, and dark, twisted black I, fantasy. I think it's also sometimes perhaps a protective thing where when you see a really great piece of art by, you know, perhaps a black man and or people who haven't don't always get the due that they're deserved you want to say this is genius don't you guys get it like it and make people take it seriously from the jump like there's a lot of people who probably didn't take Kanye West music seriously at first because it was hip-hop and and whatever and it was popular music and they didn't think that it was serious work in the way that other music is what I will say about Donald is I like that his sliding from his whiter like internet sort of jokey raps into blacker music is a bit diametrically opposed to Kanye becoming more accessible to white people. Yeah, I I just, I think that I can understand that urge and you want to sort of protect something, but I think that it can do a disservice to the actual art because then it becomes hard for us to actually have a real discussion about it. And then also it makes certain things, like if we're saying Donald Glover's a genius now, we're not talking about Dirty Computer, which something that probably deserves to be talked about longer in as much of a nuanced way as This Is America is. And so... But I, it's a woman and it's, it's queer, yes, yeah. you know? And it's not... It's not... They're, it's they're, not immediately super provocative in, in the way that this video was. Because the idea of calling something genius, if he actually was doing the pose of, you know, Jump Jim Crow, as a lot of the internet immediately assumed he was doing in that video, just the fact of you having seen an image in culture before and replicating it is not genius no. too. Yeah. A lot of people metaphors on, are not always a, a lot of people on I the love internet pop culture references, a, lot of, but... a lot of people on the internet find anytime you reference something historical, it's always, oh, this is so smart. He just dropped some knowledge on you. I'm like it means he's read a book. Right. And I think that's the thing with the violence in particular in the video where had it been subverted in an interesting way, then you're saying something. Like, had that choir been white and Donald Glover had shot all of them, that's something where you're like, okay, you're taking something we're familiar with, you're taking a reference we know, and you're subverting it in a way that's making us think largely about the topic at hand. Just referencing shit isn't isn't that 
difficult. Or I was going to say if the violence were presented in a novel way, too. I mean, like, it was just presented cartoonishly, and he threw it out in a way where it's like, well, this is obviously horrible. It's like, but we already agree that it's horrible. Even a a conservative would say it's horrible. And the dancing on the car, too, and the way he was dancing reminded me a lot of Michael Jackson's black or white video. And also the Pussycat Dolls when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But even that, you know, Michael is giving you a provocative song. He's destroying a car, which goes against the image that he was presenting before and then you know he's transforming into like a panther like he's giving you something Mm -hmm. you know this was very much illusions from things we knew before you know I thought the nihilism in it was a lot like Richard Wright what he tried to do in like Native Son and some things like that but you know I think there's a lot of elements of other pieces of pop culture that are in this video that we've sort of seen before. I mean, it it was shocking to see a lot of those images, but many of them are not new images. And I think just because something is hard to understand, again, that doesn't mean that it's really, really good. And I think that that's kind of where we're at with this, where it's so hard to parse through and to consider that like maybe that's not a good thing. Do you know what I did like about this video, though, that was uh, kind of quaint and old school in a way was like Michael Jackson it really is about him as a star performer which I feel like we've lost in music videos a little bit outside of say a Beyonce you know formation or something like that like Madonna and the Express Yourself video or you know Prince and Get Off or something where you're just transfixed by the weirdness and and like the sexuality of a performance the way he went between sort of irreverent kind of like character pantomiming to like you know serious gun violence I mean I kept wondering what he was going to do next and I do feel like that is unusual that people just present star power like that anymore and it's certainly interesting but again interesting is not necessarily brilliance and it's not something you have to yell genius at so that nobody calls you out for not knowing what you're talking about (laughs) thanks apple (laughs) when we're back melania stops cyberbullying once and for all right in its tracks (laughs) (laughs) oh girl If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. 
They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. As a mother and as First Lady, it concerns me that in today's fast-paced and ever-connected world, children can be less prepared to express or manage their emotions and oftentimes turn to forms of destructive or addictive behavior such as bullying, drug addiction, or even suicide. So Melania Trump finally revealed her formal platform as First Lady and the platform is be best. <laughs> I like how in her attempt to be philanthropic, she actually sounds like a Romanian gymnastics coach screaming at somebody. Be best. <laughs> the program itself is focusing on three main points, well-being, fighting opioid abuse, and positivity on social media. She has been stomping around for months talking about fighting cyberbullying and all of that. And now, finally, this is the platform that's come out of it. And it's this? It doesn't just feel lazy. It is lazy because and- they basically just copied a pamphlet from the 2014 <laughs> White House about talking to your kids about online use. And, and by they- the way, they changed the language about that. They said, this is a, a packet written by Melania Trump and the FTC, and then they changed it to a packet promoted by Melania Trump. After BuzzFeed called them out on yeah. it. The nerve this woman continues to have to say a goddamn thing about cyberbullying while her husband remains the biggest cyberbully literally to ever be on the internet, and then to just throw in opioid addiction like first are a lot of children struggling with opioid addiction like i know it's a problem but like the kids that are having trouble being bullied do they also are they also addicted to opioids because i was not aware that that was the cross-section i feel like the trump white fan base is obsessed with opioids at the moment like it's their buzzword it's their safe word if she had just explained the connection a little bit more, she may as well have said, these kids will use Instagram to combat climate change. Just <laughs> random buzzwords thrown together. Also, the idea of this woman giving a speech from the front lawn of the White House is so fucking surreal to me. <laughs> well, by the way, anytime she speaks, which is obviously very rare, is surreal too. When she was at the RNC, a part of her seemed to be asking like, am I talking? Did I write? And later we were like, no, Michelle Obama wrote that. She goes, oh yeah, right. And then just disappeared (laughs) for two years. I'm just shocked that she's doing anything at all. Because I assumed she was going to, she like threw out that cyberbullying thing and was just going to skate by for the next few years, hoping that none of us were able to detect the palpable disgust she has for her husband. Part of me wants to believe that maybe she does care about the kids of America, you know? Maybe she moved over here from Slovenia because Captain Planet told her. I don't know. There's also the side of her that you forget that, you know, she was pushing that birther movement on... um, Sure was. 
talk shows uh, during Donald Trump's whole Obama isn't from here campaign. This complicit heifer has been doing right. all of this crazy shit forever, and now she wants to come out here talking about cyberbullying. And by the way, even giving her the biggest benefit of the doubt, I have no idea why you do that, but anyway... Why would she know about cyberbullying? Like, why would she be the authority? She on doesn't that? even know how to use the internet. No. Do you remember that Twitter? Yes. <laughs> the Twitter model she took of a dolphin and wrote, "What is she thinking?" Which is zany. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the fact that that's exactly what we're thinking about her at all times is O. Henry level irony. Second of all, who looks at a dolphin and is like, "Let's relate to it somehow." I'll be shocked, honestly and truly, if literally anything at all comes from this beyond that dumb sign and that speech i guess we'll call it that that she gave on the lawn well opiates i think we can agree are over now after that speech (laughs) well you know i I think she'll probably link up with kelly pickler released a be best song (laughs) um debut it at the cmt's God bless, girl. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you actually zapped me with that Kelly Pickler reference. I, I like lost my speech for a second. The other weird thing going on with Melania, though, is that her popularity is increasing. Her numbers jumped up in a CNN poll. Like, why are people obsessed with because her? Because they forgive white women. Believing that Barack Obama is not from the United States is racist. So, someone who goes on talk shows and spews that to me is racist. So. People are always willing to forgive white women, especially because they feel like they can pin it on her husband. They can say, oh, you know, she didn't want this. And she probably didn't want it, but she actively participated in this. She does not have to be there. She could divorce this man if she doesn't want to be here. She could do a lot of things, but she continues to be a part of this administration. And she continues to support her husband, frankly, by continuing to be there. And we just we're so willing to forgive pretty white women. And this is I mean, right. She's not she's not Ashley Judd in a. 90s thriller. She's not trapped in the White House. I was going to say the grossest thing about this campaign is you basically just implied this, Kara, is that it's, the poster? It's like, she, well, that too. It's like she's saying it's a woman's job to have a conscience while it doesn't fucking matter what her husband does. You know what I mean? She's like, well, I'll be over here thinking about how the children are reacting online. Meanwhile, he's going to go and like run his Tonka trucks all over America. It's like Nancy Reagan saying, um, just say no while Ronald's lying in an alley with needles pumped into his veins. Yeah. <laughs> beautifully, beautifully said. I get that, you know, part of it's, you know, we this white woman fragility and the fact that we, you know, think her husband is so awful. People also just have this propensity to turn everything into a meme online. That was part of the problem with Donald Glover's mm-hmm. video. People were already memeing it, gun violence, mm-hmm. the next day, and turning it into a joke. And everything Melania does becomes a joke on the internet. No, she's just a meme of someone looking left and right. I mean, she's like a Felix the Cat clock. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about her. I, I don't know what other things she has to take up space can... in certain ways. It's just this is her an att- her attempt to be like, I am made of matter and I can speak. And I guess this is what we came up with. What other things could she steal from Michelle Obama? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she is she is single white female hang our last first lady <laughs> and I'm just, you just trying to figure out what else she's going to do. She's stealing her, stealing her platforms. She stole her garden. She's stolen <laughs> her speeches. Is she going after Obama next? Oh my God. I is mean, she like, going to alley larder and obsess this? The idea that she is canny at all though, again, it's like in order to talk, to predict what her entire inner life is like, you basically have to assign her qualities that she has not presented to us yet. We, we know nothing about her. She is the nothing entity of all time. 
Mm. I will say lastly, when Kara was saying about people assuming that you're making fun of her accent because uh, we are making fun of this dumbass be best campaign. One, it's grammatically horrible. It sounds dumb. It's and weird. two, making fun of her Slovenian accent isn't racist. I'm sorry. She's white. It's right next to Italy. Yeah. It's like doing like a Mario accent. I don't know. Also, she just she didn't come up with that on her own. Like there's tons of people that work with this woman who all allowed that to happen. Tons of people. All of them were like, yeah, yeah, be best. We're cool with this. Someone pulled out their watercolors and scrawled <laughs> that ugly ass poster <laughs> that they also put up there next to her. So this entire campaign is someone's fault. Do you think she looks in the mirror every morning now and is like, time to be best, and then walks off <laughs> into the lawn where then she stops and just sits down? When we're back, it's time for Keep It. Hello, my Americans. We've arrived at our favorite segment of the week. It's Keep It. Uh, again with that, okay. Listen, I I love America. Yeah. I love truth, yeah. justice, and Russian collusion. Got it. Lewis, you want to go first? Sure. Because I assume yours is not from 1974 this week. It's weirdly current. I don't even know myself anymore. Well, first of all, I just thought of this. Keep it to people talking too much about Blake Lively's Mechelic dress. It was only okay. It looked like carpets. <laughs> Second of all, big keep it to people who are obsessed with uh, bringing up things like the Bechdel test, bringing up things like um, how we need more women's stories in movies, and then didn't go out and see Tully last weekend, which is the new Jason Reitman movie starring Charlize Theron. They last teamed up on a movie called Young Adult. Which is amazing and one of my favorite movies. It is a scorching movie. This movie is called Tully, and it's about a woman who just has her third kid. She's stressed, and she is frazzled, and her life is coming undone. And then this night nanny appears to make things better. And it's hard to talk about without giving anything away. Full disclosure, my best girlfriend in L.A. wrote this movie. Diablo Cody is also from my hometown. But I just want to say, this movie is effing stunning. It gets inside a woman's head, and in a way I've not seen in, honestly, any movie. It, it says so much about motherhood. Also, I even want to compare it to great movies we've had in recent years about mothers. The one that comes to mind is Room, which is a thrilling movie. I'm sure you saw it with Brie Larson. But it doesn't really investigate the nature of motherhood, and she's sort of just a flawless character. The woman in this movie is so not flawless. It's a fascinating movie. I just hope everybody goes and sees it, because even if you don't like it, if, if you find it polarizing, which it is polarizing, it's still an amazing movie to talk about, and I really wish more people could talk about it with me. Well, that was Heidi Murkoff, the author of What to Expect When You're Expecting over here. <laughs> uh, I love when you talk about motherhood, Lewis. How many children do you have? You know what? I do have my uh, Liz Fair albums. <laughs> All right. Uh, I actually am going to move you past Tully this week. I Good. love Charlize Theron. She's the non-problematic Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Kara? So my keep it this week is to random white people who feel the need to call the police on people of color who are literally just out living 
in the world. There were two stories this week. One, there were two Native American young men who were visiting a college in Colorado and they were on a college tour and this white woman was like, what are you doing here? And they were like, yo, bitch, we don't need to tell you anything. And she was like asking for their names. And then she called the police on them because she thought they looked suspicious. There was another story of a group of black women who were loading their luggage out of an Airbnb. And because they didn't wave at a neighbor passing by, that woman called the police on them and said that they were robbing the house. What I need these people to do is mind your fucking business. This has nothing to do with you. You are not the FBI. You are not fresh out of Quantico. You don't know what you're talking about. And just let black and brown people, let people of color just live in the world. It's fine. If they're doing something fucking crazy, they'll probably get caught because you know who's paying way more attention to us than they are to you? The cops and all of the authorities. And what you need to be doing is looking at your own kids, specifically your sons, and making sure that they're not plotting to shoot up an elementary school or a high school or a university or one of the many, many places that they are constantly gunning the fuck up in. I would like if it turned out that all these people were just overexcited Quantico viewers. Just really <laughs> hoping to get a scoop. <laughs> Too much fucking Cabot Cove watching. Yes, I mean, right. like every just, white woman thinks they're Jessica fucking Fletcher. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. I'm sorry. And if there's a robbery underway, what are you going to do about it? Like, just mind your own business. It's fine. If my neighbor's house was being robbed, I would be like, you know what? I am not calling the cops. Please don't come to my apartment. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> I'm sure my neighbors have renter's insurance. <laughs> you are not the police. You are not the authorities. Just let people live their lives. My God. Also, for how nosy these people are. So nosy. You think they would have noticed that these black women were like the like the Airbnb incident right. with the black women? You think the woman would have noticed that they were in the house all weekend? Right. <laughs> like, what did you think was happening? Like, you only noticed them when they walked to the car because that's be when you sit outside reading your Garfield comic. Can't even be nosy well. I mean, come on. <sighs> all right. <laughs> My keep it is for this article that was in The Hollywood Reporter about Jeffrey Tambor finally opening up about the sexual harassment complaints against him and how he was fired from Transparent. And it is basically a how-to of not to interview someone accused of sexual harassment. It is one of the worst things I've ever read. It is <laughs> offensive in how it describes the alleged victims of Jeffrey Tambor. One of them is a trans woman, Trace Lysette. Mm -hmm. And the description in this from Seth Abramovich, the writer of it, is disgusting. It says, when she moved to New York, where she began transitioning to female, she later found work at a Manhattan strip club where she never let on to the clientele that she was transgender. After a bad breakup led to a suicide attempt, she slit her wrist on a side street walking home from the strip club one night. Lysette was admitted to Bellevue Hospital's psychiatric ward. What does that have to do with anything? Why are you bringing up this woman's business in an article about the man who was fired for sexually harassing her? It's disgusting. There's other weird descriptions about the other alleged victim. And it, it the whole thing makes Jeffrey Tambor seem like he's 
on the lamb, like he's renting out Roman Polanski's Pied a Terre in Europe, <laughs> as opposed to starring in season five of Arrested Development, which just dropped a trailer with him fully featured in it. Yeah, they just treated him with such kids' gloves, Seth did, and like these are the people that need to be rigorously looked at and challenged. And when Dan Harmon on his podcast, he was going through some past bad behavior that he had had. And it was one of the first times I heard a man really sort of process through that in a really smart way. And part of it was he'd been challenged to do so. And out of it came some actual real truths and some interesting realizations. Like you just treat these powerful white men with kids gloves and we're not even going to get anything interesting out of it or something that at least can help to explain or help us better understand why they continue to do things like this. Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, for full disclosure, I used to work with Seth Abramovich at Cyclone Movie Line like seven years ago, just FYI. I think that is the thing that is the biggest problem with the piece is just why couldn't he just have direct answers about like the things we all have questions about? You know, I don't need to hear him talk in a circumspect way about the nature of being at a workplace or whatever. You know, it's just not... Provocative doesn't change anything, and you're right. He's going to be on the rest of development now. It's because he's a bad writer. His <laughs> profile was written horribly. He's written other bad profiles before. His Army Hammer one, for instance, where he had Army Hammer talking about how he thought that Nate Parker was unfairly maligned mm. because of you know the incident with him being accused of rape and charged with rape and getting off on it before the Nat Turner film and comparing it to the Casey Affleck situation. It's like, these are two different things. And a real reporter would have challenged that. Um, But he just always comes out with these lurid Hollywood Reporter articles that just seem so uninquisitive. Mm -hmm. He also tweeted something dumb as hell last week that bringing supermarket snacks to a movie theater will never not be desperate and tacky. Oh, that was him? He tweeted, bringing supermarket snacks to a movie theater will never not be desperate and tacky. Like, how classes can you get? Please. Hmm. Worry about your job, all right? (laughs) Worry about your career. How about the don't write a article that misgenders trans people and accuses their um, psyches on Jeffrey Tambor harassing them challenge. How about you do that? Also, I will continue to sneak wine into movies, and there is nothing you can do about it. He's going to call police on you. <laughs> this black woman <laughs> brought rosé. <laughs> <laughs> this black woman brought rosé into breaking in. I am I am so confused. <laughs> anyway, white people mind your business and write better articles. This is Keep It. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna. 
to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's gonna be great.